Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. But what we'll start is simple. Clearly, this is a sports podcast. I mean, 200 plus episodes of my sports takes. But there are things going on right now that are bigger than sports. And that, of course, is what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know I'm abreast on everything that's happening. What I do know is Russia and Ukraine are pretty much at war with or Russia pretty much is is attacking Ukraine. Um and I, I just pray for everybody that that's affected. I pray for everybody that's in Ukraine. I pray for everyone that has family in Ukraine. I play. I, it's you have to you have to be a cold somebody, man, to see missiles getting like camera footage of missiles getting shot uh, and and hitting residents that 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 are residential areas that have kids and women and and people. Um, this is it's tough to watch, man. Uh, I, I pray for everyone's protection. I, I just it, it's tough. Uh, again, this is a sports podcast, and of course, we'll talk about sports today. But there are things that are bigger than sports. There's a lot of things. Sports are for entertainment, man. Yes, people get paid to do this, and it's some people's job, of course. But sports are just entertainment. There's bigger things going on. So, I pray for everyone that is affected uh, in this Ukraine. Russia situation and war is never war is a scary scary word man war war is tough and and I, I I hope I hope that again I pray for for everyone's protection I pray for everyone's one safety so I definitely want to send my prayers out uh at the start of the show because again it's, it's more important than uh than anything that we're going to be talking about today. So um, pray for every everybody that's in Ukraine and, and everything that's going on with the Ukraine-Russia situation. So, but let's try to let's try to start this 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 podcast. But let's try to spark, start the sports side. Let's transition to this. I think it's it's always funny to me, right? It's always funny to me how the one sport that has no salary cap is now currently, or the one sport to me that is having so much problems right now, and that is the MLB. So for people that don't know, it hasn't got a lot of coverage, I realize, Hell, I haven't really talked about it that much on this podcast, but it hasn't really gotten a, a lot of coverage because, you know, it hasn't. But the MLB, they're currently in a lockout. Uh, owners and the Players Association, they're not, they're not, 
they're not in the same place as far as contracts and and guaranteed money, which everything is guaranteed, and how much a player should be should be paid, and and this that, and a third. The owners and the player association pretty much are not in the same boat, so they have a lockout. And again, it's always funny to me that the MLB, the one sport that does not have a salary cap, is is fighting about money. And when you look at lockouts, that's 9.9 times out of 10. The reason why there is a lockout is due to money. One side is not happy with the other side. Usually the players feel like they're not getting adequate uh, payment for, you know, their services. So, and the owner's like, yo, we're not paying you any more than we're paying you now. So, i.e. lockout. So, because of said lockout, of course, spring training has pretty much been been uh, shoveled. And they're th- at this point, I think if they don't get a deal done by Monday, regular season games will be canceled. And because regular season games will be canceled, the players will not get reimbursed for these games because they're, they're canceled. I'll say this. Do I think that the MLB is going to get a deal done by Monday? From all reports that are looking, it looks like no. It looks like there will be games canceled. It looks it looks like the the players associations demands and the owners demands are too far apart at this point. Uh, so they're more than likely will not will not. I don't know. It could happen because we've seen crazier things. But it looks like they will not get a deal done by Monday. Meaning that there will be games that are canceled. Now. Do I think that they will have a season? Yes. I think that is in the best interest of the players. It's in the best interest of the owners. It's in the best interest of the MLB in general to have a season. Do I think that there will be games canceled? Because there will not be a decision on Monday, in my opinion. Yes, there will be games canceled. The MLB... We talk about some of the biggest sports as far as popularity at this point. There was a good, and and it probably still is. I just don't, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. But there was a time when the MLB was head and shoulders above the NFL, above the NBA, uh, as far as popularity in the United States. And... Of course, you have teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the, I don't know, <laughs> the Nationals, uh, the the Dodgers. Big teams, well, the Nationals aren't really a big team, but big markets that drew a lot of fans. Of course, the San Francisco, uh, San Francisco teams. And, and when you look today, the MLB has always had a code always had a code every sport has a code but always had a code and it's not shocking to me that this is what the second or third uh quote-unquote lockout that the MLB has dealt with in the last what 10 years the MLB is it's kind of operating on old folks time 
they're operate they're, they're not adjusting to today's standards and because of that they're struggling to keep up the hardest thing you can do is tell anybody and and honestly is it's it's can't really do it but the hardest thing you can do is to tell anybody how to spend their money anybody cuz it's their money they worked hard for it it's their money how are you going to tell somebody how to spend their money and that's what owners that's what these owners are looking like. Like, yo, we're paying you guys a f- and, and we're, we're paying these players a fortune. A lot of these, some of these players are getting upwards of $300 million. And you're still asking for more. Now, to be fair, if you really look at what they're asking for, they're asking for more, not the top, top, but the bottom of the roster is asking for more money because it's important. If you look at a lot of the teams that have won in recent years, one thing that they have in common is a deep dugout or a really top heavy team like the Dodgers, but a deep, uh, a deep dugout. So they just want they're they're asking for to be compensated for for their services because at the end of the day, not one of these owners is picking up a bat and trying to hit a ninety mile an hour fastball. So, but the MLB has always been pretty much the the run on Godfather time. You know they complain about celebrating after a home run. They complain about the amount of home runs. They complain about uh, how fast you go around the um, the diamond after a home run. The MLB, there's really a unwritten rule that supports you striking a 90-plus mile-an-hour ball, striking somebody with that ball if they celebrate too hard. <laughs> celebrate. You know, a lot of people were upset when uh, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, when he was with the Patriots, a lot of people were, were, we saw video after video after video. A lot of people were upset with Cam Newton. Uh, Every time he scored or every time, you know, he, he, he threw a touchdown or whatever, he would celebrate, you know, do the whole Superman thing, do the whole dance, the dab when it was, when it was popular. And people hated that. Like there were think pieces on is Cam Newton ruining the game? No, and and my my assumption is what a lot of people said. Yo, if you don't want him to celebrate, keep him out the end zone. If you don't want if MLB if 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 teams don't want players to not celebrate home runs, don't allow them to hit the ball. But we're getting a little too far into my gripe. The MLB has a problem, and their problem is relevancy. They're trying to deal with players that are of today's standard, but they're trying to deal with them in yesterday's practices. The league has had Bryce Harper. The league has had Mike Trout. The league has had Andrew McCutcheon. The league has had some big names over the years. But why do you think these last few years have been the most exciting? Because of the players. Otani. Tatis. Vladimir. 
You see, help uh, Alonzo, the dude from the, the 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 home run derby winner, who I think is in like his third year or something. Juan Soto, Juan Juan Soto. You see, the blueprint. If you want to look at success, right? If you want to look at success, you look around. Because if you don't have it, you have to look outward. You have to figure out what is going on. And to me, while yes, the NFL is still king as far as popularity. But if you want to look, look at what the NBA has done. Look at what the NFL is trying to do. Now, they're not doing the best job, but look at what they're trying to do. They're trying to put players. Well, look, let's let's speak with the NBA. I'm a big NBA guy. Let's speak with the NBA. The NBA found out more probably during it really started the uh, dream team era. The NBA, the NBA used to be on tape delay. Like they used to show NBA finals games on tape delay. Then they figured out. It's 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 we can't really market teams because people don't give people don't care about teams. I mean, except for the fans. But if we market players, because then I mean, at the time you had Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Shaq. Oh uh, well, not Shaq. You had a uh, Charles Barkley, Dennis, David Robinson. It's like if we're going to market to play, if we're going to market our players. Fans are going to love those players. We don't really care if they love the team. We care if they love the players. And ever since then, it's, it's just grew and grew and grew and grew to a point where now you ask, a, not everyone, of course, but you ask someone, what's your favorite team? A lot of people would say, I don't really have a favorite team. I have favorite players like Damian Lillard, like Steph Curry, like LeBron James, like Kevin Durant. The NBA has figured out a way to capitalize what people like. People want to follow players. Now, yes, you still have the, the fans and they still, you know, put, put, put players out. But why do you think every time they have a marquee game, whether it's ESPN, whether it's TNT, they always put the face of a player? Like last night, it was the, the Knicks and the, the Heat. And when you saw the promo, of course, they had the Knicks logo and they had the Heat logo. But behind the logo, they had Julius Randle and Jimmy Butler. Because they know people are going to connect more to a Julius Randle than to the Knicks, to a Jimmy Butler, than to the Heat. And the NBA has figured out a way to promote themselves the best way possible, connect with people instead of teams. The NFL, they be tripping. They be struggling. But they're trying to put their best they're trying to promote Joe Burrow. They're trying to promote uh, Patrick Mahomes. They're trying to promote uh, Lamar Jackson. They're trying to promote players like that. Let me get back to the MLB in this lockout. Why am I talking about this? Why are we talking about promotion of players? And why are we talking about popularity of sports when the topic is an MLB lockout? And the lockout is due to money. I'll say it because of this. This lockout is not much about money as much as about two sides standing on their lawns. And one side not giving not giving restraint to another. It's like they don't they are unwilling, at least so far, they have been unwilling to 
bend to their demands. That's what a standoff is. That's what a negotiation is. You come with demands. They're either going to meet some of them or not. But the problem that I have with this, and this is why I started with, the MLB is the only sport that does not have a salary cap, yet and still they are in a lockout. And I brought in the popularity because of this. If the MLB does not change, now again, do I think that there will be a season this year? Of course. I mean, there's way too much money to lose from players and owners uh, for them not to have a season. However, do I think that there will be games canceled? I do, because I don't think that they'll get a deal done by Monday. I could definitely be wrong. And if I am wrong, of course, we'll talk about it when when it happens. But I just don't see them, because all the reports are saying they're pretty much far apart in, in negotiations still, and it's, what, Saturday. But I will say this, and I've talked about this time and time again, but now it's more prevalent. And it's more prevalent because there's a lot of different avenues that we can go. The MLB needs to understand that it is time to change. It's t- because you're, 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 they're operating on such an old standard. And that old standard, to their credit, has got them where it's gotten them, but it's also gotten them to where it's gotten them, if that makes sense. People, again, there's the reason why this has been, this year has been one of, or these last few years have been one of the most popular years possible because they have young talent. And while they try so hard to bring the game back to this, it's it's pastime, you're in, you're in, you're in danger of losing the fan for good. The players have a right to demand what they want to demand. They're the players. While the owners have a right to accept and pay what they want to pay because they're the owners. You know, lockouts like this really show you, in my opinion, really show you who cares about a championship and who really doesn't. Because if you look at some of the most of the teams that have won championships have been high, high, uh, either a high payroll, uh, a deep dugout or have a, a really talented group of, of people that they could afford. And the fact that people are arguing about money and a sport that has no salary cap is crazy to me. Now, let me, let me, let me, before we get off this, no, it doesn't have a salary cap, but, but with TV deals and markets and, and, and stuff like that, there are teams that are operating with more money than others. Like the New York Yankees, while no, there is not a salary cap, the New York Yankees with their Yes Network and and the, the region that they're in and the market that they're in can afford a bigger player than the Cleveland Indians. Or the Dodgers can afford 
can't because of the network they're in and the region they're in and the market they're in. They can afford bigger play. They can afford a Mookie Best. They can afford a Chase Bellinger. They can afford a, a Clayton Kershaw more than a Seattle Mariners can. Now, yes, the Seattle Mariners have been good the last few years, but we're talking about markets. So while, no, it doesn't have a salary cap, some teams can afford more than others due to their markets. However, at the end of the day, the same is going to be the same. Do I think that players should should get everything they want? Yes. But is that unrealistic? Yes. I do think there has to be a healthy medium, but I do think that owners have to realize that nobody goes to a game that says, yo, I can't wait to see the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates ain't, uh, manager. I can't wait to see that. Or a uh, LA, LA Angels. I can't wait to go see the owner. I can't wait. No, they say that I can't wait to go see Otani. They can't wait to go see Mike Trout. A Phillies fan doesn't say, I can't wait to go see the owner. Hell, I put money. If you ask 10 people what the owners, what their owner of their favorite team, what their owner's name is, I put money at least eight to nine people don't know. Hell, I'm a Washington, I'm a Washington Nationals fan, and I don't even know the owner. And we just won a national, uh, national. We just won a World Series, what, in 2019? I don't know. I will say this. This this is a this is a black eye. The MLB has 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 had a has has taken his lumps. His is it's self lumps pretty much. I mean from the 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 lockout a couple years or the the potential lockout a couple years ago to the whole Barry Bonds uh Roger Clemens Hall of Fame thing to now this. It's just oh man. You got to get it together, bro. Because, again, there should be no reason. This is, like, again, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that the MLB will lose fans altogether because there's always going to be diehard baseball fans. I work alongside a lot of diehard baseball fans. Um, However, there's a reason why the popularity of baseball goes down year after year after year. However, these last two years, which just so happened to have if a slew of young talent from Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, Otani, Fernando Tatis, Vladimir from the Blu-rays. There's a reason why these last two years have seen an uptick in popularity. And I put money, it's not because <laughs> the owners. So pay the players, man. Pay the players. Pay the players. Cause trust me, you're gonna see the real effects. It's the effects of a lockout won't be feared won't be felt until after, of course. Like of course the money the money's big, but you really want to know the effect of a lockout. Look at how the fans react after. And honestly, there's a reason. Now, of course, it's not getting a lot of 
media attention. But do you think, and there, there's actually a reason for that too. There's a reason why a, this this lockout is not getting a lot of media attention because a lot of media media attracts the media appeases the market. Of course, you're you're going to talk a lot about basketball. You're going to talk a lot about football, but the MLB is supposed to be the the most popular sport in the United States. Yet and still, a lot of people do not know that there's a lockout. In fact. The last time I've heard about the MLB before this was the Hall of Fame blunder that they did yet again. So get it together, yo, or you will for sure be an American pastime as far as popularity because you have the pieces, you have the resources. You might. It's time to use them, Jones. For real. So let's move forward, man. Let's let's move forward. So I'm not gonna sit here and talk about everything that's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, from the cryptic tweets, I don't care about none of that. Uh, I really don't. It, it is what it is. I honestly don't care what where where he goes as long you know until it happens. But you know. I'm not talking about, I'm not going to talk about the whole song because to me it's starting to feel very uh Brett Farvish and I ain't got I don't I don't want to use my brain power and I don't want to <laughs> you I don't want to I don't want to bless your ears with so let's talk about Aaron Rodgers tweet like I'm not I'm not here for all that uh I will say that what I what I want to do is I want to get five destinations I don't know if I did this already but if I didn't, I'm doing it today. I want to give five of the best destinations for Aaron Rodgers or that Aaron Rodgers could go to. Now, I want to be realistic. Like, I understand. I could say, well, the best destination for Aaron Rodgers is is Kansas City because they have Travis Kelsey. Okay. Clearly, that's not realistic because you have Patrick Mahomes. Clearly, Aaron Rodgers going to, like, the Bills or something is not realistic because they have Josh Allen. But I wanted to do is I wanted to do five realistic spots and, and, and the best spots for Aaron Rodgers and the, and the spots that could use Aaron Rodgers the most. Now, the hardest the hardest destination for me right now was Tampa Bay. Honestly, uh, I wanted to put Tampa Bay on this list so bad, but there's a lot. There's a lot of question marks right now for Tampa Bay are they going to keep Chris Godwin what's going to happen with Rob Gronkowski are they going to keep uh Leonard Fournette are they going to keep a lot of the the defensive standouts like what are they going to do you know what's what's going to happen with the wide receiver core as we saw outside of Mike Evans what's going to happen so I don't have Tampa Bay on this list but Tampa but but if you know they're able to especially with the money that I think a report came out saying that Aaron Rodgers is seeking like fifty million a year, which is warranted. I think he wants to be like the best, uh, the highest paid NFL quarterback, which understandable. I mean, you're coming off of two MVPs, which two consecutive MVPs, which makes sense. Now we're not talking about the the off or we're not talking about the postseason, but it makes sense, which that you want to be paid that much. 
But here, here's my top five list of teams that could that that Aaron Rodgers can go to and have instant success. Success, in my opinion. Number five, I have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh needs Aaron Rodgers a little more than Aaron Rodgers needs Pittsburgh. First of all, first and foremost, the 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 Big Ben's reign is over, so they're in need of a quarterback and they're in need of a quarterback badly because at this point right now it's it's Mason Cross or Mason Rudolph right now is Dwayne Haskins a lot of reports saying they're going to try them nine times out of ten going to draft a quarterback maybe Kenny Pickett that's in or Kyle Pickett Kenny Pickett whatever that's in Pittsburgh or Pitt they're, they're they need a quarterback and Aaron Rodgers the last thing you want to do is go to a plate and downgrade because that, that wouldn't make sense. Like, there would be no point to leave if you're going to a place to downgrade. So, the only the only thing, in my opinion, that Pittsburgh does not have over Green Bay is the offensive line. The Pittsburgh's offensive line isn't the best. Now, I will say it's better than what it was two years ago, but it's not the best. But you have weapons, you have Claypool, you have, well, they see, they're going to have to try to figure out what's, what's going to happen with Washington. They're going to have to figure out Johnson. Of course, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, you have an incredible tight end. You have Najee Harris. So you you have the pieces. And, of course, that defense is 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 the defense. You're going to try to sign Joe Hayden again. But you have T.J. Watt. You have Minka Fitzpatrick. Green, and especially... In in the division that that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in, they I mean any team that has Aaron Rodgers just just skyrockets to the the freaking top of top of their division. I mean, even even though again, it, it's going to be tough when you have when you're in a division with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. When you're in a division with Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, who was just in the Super Bowl. However. I think if you if you I mean even with a a Big Ben that had no shoulder power, they were nine and seven. So take out Big Ben and insert a two two time consecutive MVP in Aaron Rodgers and and boom. So I think number five I have Pittsburgh. Number four I have Indianapolis. The only reason why I have Indianapolis over Pittsburgh is because. That off Indianapolis offensive line is a is, is a lot better than Pittsburgh's. Also, Indianapolis has a better they have Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is better, in my opinion, than than any any of the wide receivers that Pittsburgh have. While Claypool is still good in Washington, Johnson they need to figure out. I still go with Pittman. And there's a there's a reason why. The biggest reason why. Indianapolis is ready and and more than likely going to get off of Carson Wentz just one year into this marriage is because they understand that there is a window for Indianapolis. Now I know it's easier. I know it's you can say, well, any team is is Super Bowl chance. You know, Super Bowl poss- There's a possibility for any team win a Super Bowl. But no, when you look at the construct, you look at the structure of Indianapolis, they literally are a quarterback away. And again, it's easier said than done with any quarterback, but but they have an incredible defense. They have 
They have two defensive stars. They have offensive weapons galore. They have a great running game. They have a really good tight end. They have a really good offensive line. They have a really good uh, wide receiver core. All they need is the quarterback. So that that's the biggest reason why. One year into this marriage, to this Carson Wentz Indianapolis marriage, hell, they're even coach good. Frank Wright's a good coach. They're ready to they're ready to get off of uh they're ready to get off of Carson Wentz. So just insert uh Aaron Rodgers and and to me, while yes, the Tennessee Titans that have a really good defense, they have Derrick Henry, and they were twelve and five last year. If you add Aaron Rodgers to Indy, that will they they in my opinion are the the best team in the AFC South by a country mile because look at the AFC South he would be the best quarterback by a, a wide margin when you talk about Ryan Tannehill when you talk about Trevor Lawrence right now of course you still have Deshaun Watson but in my opinion Deshaun Watson is never playing in Houston again so it'll be Aaron Rodgers so I think number four I have Indianapolis uh, number three, I have Denver. Uh, we know about Denver's new head coach was the previous offensive coordinator for Green Bay, so we know about that connection. We also know about you know Williams, the running back, Melvin Gordon, uh, Judy, and and Noah Fant, the tight end, and we know about the great defense that Denver has with you know Patrick Sertan the second. It will be really good. The only the only I guess pushback. I will have against Denver is the <laughs> Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers is used to playing in he he's used to being the quote unquote big dog in the division. And there's a lot of reasons why they dominate the the NFC, seeing as though until until the playoffs, of course, but Aaron Rodgers usually especially the NFC North, he dominates the Vikings, the Bears, the 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 Lions. Going to Denver, you're now playing against at least three of the top 10, 15 quarterbacks. Definitely two of the top 10. You will be playing week in and week out. You'll be playing Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert. Now, I don't think that that's a reason for Aaron Rodgers to be like, you know, scared of that. But there's something to be said where you're you're automatically fighting year after year to and 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 have a good road to at least the NFC championship. Now of course it didn't work this year, but you have a good path to the NFC championship. That path is increasingly more difficult going to the AFC West. Now yes, I do think, you know, Denver Denver to me, like like I said about Indy, could be a quarterback away because I mean they ha- again they have a really good running game they have a really good offensive line the defense is great they have pieces I just but it'll just be tough and I have at number three just because I have them at number three just because of the gauntlet that he would be placing himself in with the AFC the AFC West now I don't think Aaron Rodgers is scared or anything I think he thinks and and wholeheartedly he's the best player in the NFL which. Winning two Super Bowl, I mean, not two Super Bowls, winning a Super Bowl and winning two con- or four MVPs yeah, makes sense. But um, yeah, I have Denver at number three. At number two, I have San Francisco. Now, uh, I understand that you'll be going kind of the, the the pushback will kind of be the same as Denver. 
the Denver would be going to uh, going to uh, Denver, which is in the AFC West. He, he'd be going to a division with Aaron, with Patrick Mahomes, with Derek Carr, with with Justin Herbert. If you went to San Francisco, <laughs> he'd be going to the NFC West, which to me is by far the best division in football. When you have the Rams who just won a Super Bowl, when you have uh, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, and you have Seattle with Russell Wilson at the time, or as we currently speak. However, just imagine Aaron Rodgers with that offensive line, with that run, with Debo Samuels, with Brandon Ayuk, with with that with with that coaching staff, Kyle Shanahan. We we know how great Kyle Shanahan made uh, is making Jimmy G look like. Think about that, and and that that would be man. Again, the only reason why I have that at number two is is due to the fact that you'd be going to you'd make the best division in football ten times better, and to me, it wouldn't be a lock, but. Everything that you're that that he you would want as a quarterback is exactly what the San Francisco have. You have a great coach, a younger coach that you can connect with. You have a you you have a great defense, like you have Fred Warner, you have Nick Bosa, you you have a great defense, and then of course you have Brand you have Brandon Ayuk and and, and Debo Samuels and and George Kittle like. I, I have for San Francisco at number two. And honestly, at number one, I have Green Bay. I, I know that it's 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 tough to think that he will be coming back, especially with everything that's happened over the last few years. But look at the situation that you have with Green Bay. You have a great offensive line. The, now, the, the problem that Green Bay, in my opinion, has had for the longest is they have not been able to give him a number two option, uh, a reliable number two option at wide receiver. Like if you look at some of the best teams, right, or let's look, let's look at some of the, the most recent successful teams. Let's look at the Rams. Their number one and two punch was uh, Cooper Cup and um, Odell Beckham Jr. Hell, you can look at the, the Cincinnati Bengals who didn't even win. You have... Jay Chase you know, or Jamar Chase. You have T. Higgins. You have Tyler Boyd. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Tyreek Hill and you have Travis Kelsey. If you look at most of the best teams, the the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis. Um, hell, even the Dallas Cowboys has uh, Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb. Uh, Tampa Bay. We're going to see what happens with Chris Godwin, but well, more than likely it's going to be a franchise tag. So you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So when you look at some of the top teams, they usually have a one-two punch outside of Devontae Adams, which could arguably be the best quarter or the best wide receiver in the league. Your next best is who? Uh, Valdez Scantley, who was injured most of the year last year. Uh, Alan Lazard, who's hit or miss. I don't know. Um, but outside of wide receiver, the number two, which to me has been his biggest gripe, they've surrounded him with peace. They've surrounded him with, again, Devontae Adams. They've surrounded him with Aaron Jones, who is one of the more underrated uh, – well, not even underrated. He's one of the best running backs in the league. Their defense has got inc- – another thing that – another problem that Green Bay has had is their offense did not master defense. The one time that it did – or one of the few times that it did, they won the Super Bowl, of course, with Clay Matthews in them. 
while these last two years, you can argue, you know, mo that these could have been the years. In recent time, recent memory, they haven't really. Their defense has been so far worse than their offense. But it's Matt. I mean, Zendarius Smith, Zaire Alexander. You have King. You have the Preston, uh, the Preston brothers or the Smith brothers. I'm sorry. Which they're not really brothers. Their last name is Smith. <laughs> Green Bay, to me, there, there's something. <clears throat> I think what, what Aaron Rodgers is struggling with, I don't know if he's struggling in general, but one thing that I would be struggling with, let me see that, is seeing what happened with Matthew Stafford. You spend your career pretty much rotting in, De in Detroit. The first year you go to the Rams, they get you what you need. You get offensive line, you have a great defense, you have pieces, and they win a Super Bowl. Same thing that happened with uh, Denver. Now, of course, it wasn't the first year, but Denver, you bring in Patri Peyton Manning. You do lose the Super Bowl. You lose to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But then you went, you beat Cam Newton and the Panthers, I think 2015, in the Super Bowl because you give Peyton Manning what he needs. I understand that, but you, but but though there there's a lot of you got to look at a lot. You got to look at where they came from. Now, Now the Colts were ready to get off of Peyton Manning because they had Andrew Luck. But remember, once they got off Peyton Manning, and no, no, no disrespect to Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck, I think, got him to the AFC Championship. And then after that, I mean, hell, Andrew Luck's not even in the league anymore. He retired early because the, the Colts could not help him. Matthew Stafford, was his career was rotting in Detroit. Yes, you had uh Calvin Johnson, but he retired early. Pitts the 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 state that the Colts were in and the state that the that the Detroit Lions were in is not the same state that the Green Bay Packers are in. The Green Bay Packers, yes, I understand you don't like Goomp de Coons and you don't you may, you know, there are still questions about Matt LaFleur because again I look at Matt LaFleur kind of the same way I look at a Frank Vogel or look at a um, Steve Nash. I don't know if they're good. Let me not say Frank Vogel. Let me just say Steve Nash. I look at I look at Matt LaFleur the kind of same way I look at Steve Nash. I don't know if they're a good head coach or not because you're coaching, you're coaching a team that has at least two of the top 15, 16 players in the league when they're playing. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at this point. And you had James Harden. It's I'm sure I can go out there with my incredible 2K skills and, and get a couple wins. So, Matt LaFleur, you have Aaron Rodgers. You have Devontae Adams. You have Aaron Jones. You have the Smith brothers. You have Zaire Alexander. It's kind of hard to fail. And it's kind of, and I'm not putting it all on him, but there's something to be said where you look and in, in the, the, the least amount of success that they've seen is in the playoffs where is you have to be a good coach because you have to scheme around them. Look at, look at some of the best. Look at the teams that the recent teams that have won Super Bowls. You know, you have Sean McVay, who was, who was an incredible young talent of credible young quarter or coach, uh, Why, why am I drawing the blank? 
Andy Reid. And oh dang, why am I drawing a blank from the from the coach? <laughs> uh the 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 um what is going on? The the coach for uh Lord Jesus, the coach for uh Tampa Bay. I forgot his name. His name's escaped me, but you have to in the in the playoffs, coaching matters a lot more than it does in the regular season, because the regular season one week you can play the Vikings, and next week you can play, you know, the the Lions. So I will say that I do think that, coaching aside, I do think that Green Bay is the number one spot for him as far as to succeed. One, because you're familiar with the with the coaching staff. You're familiar with the organization. Um, and you're in the NFC North. And until I mean, look at the quarterbacks in NFC North at this point. Kurt Cousins, who they want to desperately get off him, but they can't because the contract that they gave him. Justin Fields is not ready, and neither, and Jared Goff is is garbage. So you had, I mean, and, and if you look outside of, I mean, look at the, and and also look at the rest of the NFC. D- Dallas, we don't they they they're not able to be trusted. Um, ten, you know, with Tom Brady gone, Tampa Bay has pretty much kind of got knocked down a notch and just figure out them. So the only thing that you have to really worry about is the NFC West. So, and you don't really have to play them maybe once or twice a year, but you don't really have to worry about them till the playoffs. So I just think be careful what you really want. Uh, now again, Pittsburgh would, could work, um, he can be great in Denver. He he could be great anywhere he goes. Uh, but I just think the best place for him, especially if he's seeking to win a Super Bowl, is Green Bay. Um, because Green Bay can. Get, I mean, it, he's more familiar, and the road to the Super Bowl will be a little easier in Green Bay than it would be anywhere else. Now, I do think the best team altogether, more than likely, is San Francisco, but. The best fit for Aaron Rodgers at this point, in my opinion, if not San Francisco, would be Green Bay. So that's that. Uh, again, I don't, I don't care about them tweets. I don't care about. I really don't care about anything that he says or does until he makes a decision, and either he's asking for a trade, or um, or he's saying he wants to stay. I don't. I don't need all the cryptic tweets. I, I don't care about none of that, and I don't feel like talking about any of that. So let's uh, let's 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 move forward. So we're we're pretty much in the second half of the basketball season. Well, pretty much home stretch of the basketball season after you know All Star game, and there's a couple teams that are better than than advertised. Um. And I want I want to talk about six teams and do are they able to are they really contenders or are they not? And the six teams I'm going to talk about is Boston, Utah, Chicago, Memphis, and Cleveland. Let's start with Boston. These last ten or eleven games, Boston has been the clear cut best defensive team in the league, and they've honestly been outside of like you know uh, the Suns. Boston's been like the hottest team in the league the last 12 games. I think they're like 11 and 1. And their play 
has been dominated by again a great defense and Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, the, the the likely the likely duo has been has been on a tear. I mean, didn't he drop like fifty or sixty against Washington one of these times? Uh, that is Jason Tatum. But the question is, can they win a championship? And I say yes if they play the way that they're playing now. One of the biggest gripes that a lot of people, including myself, have had is. They don't play that good a defense, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown don't do much when either one does not have the ball. What we're seeing in this in this extended win streak is they're they've been incredible defensively. Jalen Jason Tatum's been good. Jalen Brown's been good. Of course, Marcus Smart's been good. Al Horford has been good. It's it's. I think Boston. What what it is is Boston's best players have been playing their best but on both sides of the ball and that has been contagious throughout the entire team and when you go up against the Suns you know you can you can kind of go up defensively when you go up against some of the top teams in the east or top teams in the west you can lean on your defense while yes we know Jason Tatum's going to get his we know Jalen Brown's going to get his now that you can depend on your defense and there isn't really a weak spot with this team outside of possibly big when you're going up against maybe a Philly, and you, of course there's no body in the league like Joel Embiid, but I don't know if you know Robert Williams and and Al Horford can get the job done. But on the on the flip side of that, you can any given night Jason Tatum can go off or or Jalen Brown can go off. So I do think Boston can win a championship. How this team is currently constructed, I do I do think they can win a championship. Utah. Losing Joe Ingles was huge. Joe Ingles was pretty much there. I don't know. There now they have a lot of knockdown shooters. You have Bogdanovich, but Joe Bing, Joe Joe Ingles was like their bona fide knockdown shooter. He was also a player that came up big in in a lot of playoff playoff situations, like when they were playing against OKC. When the, when OKC had uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and and Carmelo Anthony, he was he was Joe Ingles was huge. You know Joe Ingles has been huge in a lot of playoff series, and I just think losing him is a is a is a crushing blow for Utah. And I don't think that I think Utah is a little too Donovan Mitchell scoring dependent. While yes, we know Utah is going to play defense when you have Rudy Gobert, when you have Mike Conley, when you have some of the players that they have, you're going to be a good defensive. I mean, Rudy Gobert is what a three-time, two-time defensive player here. Uh, you're going to you're going to be a good defensive player. I just think that unlike Boston, they're too one-player centric as far as offense. While they have you know they have pieces, it's just and they're, they're fourth in the East. I mean, they're fourth in the West. Fourth in the West. So. Yeah, but outside of that, I mean, looking at this team, outside of Donovan Mitchell, the the next best offensive player is Jordan Clarkson, and he there's a reason why he's a six man. Like he, well, yes, there's a lot of people that that thrive at the six man position, um, but I just I just think that they're too one person relying on offense, and that is Donovan Mitchell. Now, yes, Jordan Clarkson can come in and have a big game. But we've also seen Jordan Clarkson can come in and 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 
ish the bed. So now I do think picking up Hawan Hassan Whiteside has been good, but outside of that, I just I just don't think when you're going up against some of the top teams, they don't have enough scoring power to keep up with the Utah or to keep up or not Utah, keep up with the Phoenix to keep up with the Golden State. So. And even if they do find a way to make it to the the, the NBA championship, I don't know if they have some of this. <laughs> I just don't know if they can. I don't. I don't think they they're, they're good enough to make it to the NBA championship. So uh, I don't think that the, no Utah to me, in my opinion, can't win a, a championship. Or they they're not good enough, in my opinion, to win a championship because they're just too Donovan Mitchell scoring wise dependent as far as offense. Chicago. Chicago is an interesting team. First and foremost, that boy DeMar DeRozan is incredible, man. DeMar DeRozan, who nobody really, a lot of people always talk about his his, his mid-range game because, you know, he's, that's pretty much his primary area. However, nobody really talks about DeMar DeRozan being possibly, arguably, one of the greatest mid-range uh, shooters of all time. He is he's that cold blooded man, um, and he's an MVP candidate. Uh, I don't. I'll say top five. Um, I understand. You know, a lot of people want to say he's gonna win MVP. A lot of people want to say uh, he should be top three, but it's hard for me after you know he's been incredible. Don't get me wrong. And if he's not in your MVP list, I would question your MVP list. But it's hard for me to put him over Nikola Jokic, over Joel Embiid, over Giannis uh, at this moment. But he's right there in that mix, in my opinion. But can Chicago win a championship? Here's the thing about Chicago. Chicago has played 10 times better than I predicted when they got a DeMar DeRozan. And they're playing incredibly well right now with some of their key pieces, Lonzo Ball and, and Alex Caruso, both out with injury. But my problem, my problem with Chicago is they are a small team. Now, yes, you have uh, Vucevic, and Vucevic is incredible offensively, but defensively he's not nobody outside of Alex Caruso and um, and Lonzo Ball are really that good defensively. Now, I'm not going to disrespect Chicago because they are the number one team in the East. But when you look outside, like, their centers right now is Vucevic, Tristan Thompson, who seemingly the only place that he can really, like, the only place that he feels home at is in somebody else's bed that's not his wife's and Tony Bradley to me none of that is getting it done now their guard position is great I mean again you have Lonzo Ball you have Alex Caruso you have DeMar DeRozan you have uh Zach Levine coming off the bench you have Kobe White but I just think that I think that they're really going to struggle They're going to struggle def- defensively when you're going up against a team that, I mean, look at most of these wins. Look at most of these wins that they're, they've they accumulated over the last few, few, few games. 
Um, let's see. Their last few, their last few wins. They destroyed Charlotte, one twenty-one to one hundred nine, but they gave up one up nine to a Charlotte team. Uh, you gave up one hundred and twenty-two point. Now you did beat Minnesota. Right now they're on a one, two, three, four, five, six. They're on a six-game win streak. So let me not let me not just crap on the the Chicago Bulls. But I'm just looking defensively. You gave up one hundred and twenty-two against Minnesota. You gave up one hundred and one against. Oklahoma City. You gave up 109 against San Antonio. You gave up 118 against Sacramento. And you gave 108 to uh, February. So I just think that they're they're going to struggle defensively when and 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 I also look when they play some of the top teams. When they played Phoenix, they lost 127 to 124. When they played Philly. Joel Embiid, the big, you have, they lose 119 to 108. When they played Milwaukee, they lost 94 to 90. When they played Golden State, they lost 138 to 96. When they played Boston, they did lose by two, but it was 114 to 112. Um, when they played Miami, they, which is the number two in the East, they, they lost 118 to 92. When they played Cleveland, who's like what fifth in the East or something, fifth or sixth in the East, they lost one fifteen to ninety two. When they lost, when they played Miami again, or bef- the first time, one of one oh seven to one oh four, and I think Lonzo Ball and them were playing that game. So hell, now I'm looking. I didn't really notice this. Every time they played a top team outside of Brooklyn. They lost. They lost three games to Philly. Two games. They lost both of their games to Golden State. They got destroyed by Golden State both games. Their biggest win was L.A. and maybe Denver? Oh, and Brooklyn. And Brooklyn. I'm not going to destroy Brooklyn. So, I just, when they played some of the top teams, I just don't, I don't, no, I just don't see that they'll be able to. They're they're waxing the floor with some of the some of the lesser teams, and of course, they're good. You know, when they're not playing a top team, is they look incredible. But it's just when they play the top team, they don't look as good. Clearly, so I just I don't know if they're. I don't think the championship their their championship material material. <laughs> I don't think they're good enough to win a championship just because of the fact that. They clearly struggle when they play against the top teams in the NBA. Now, they they can feast off playing Washington or playing uh, New York or Indiana. But when you play some of the top teams like Miami, who they haven't beat, uh, Philly, who they haven't beat, Minnesota, uh, Milwaukee, um, Golden State, Phoenix, it, it's a different story. So I just don't think that. Chicago, in my opinion, at this point, is good enough to win a championship. I think they're a really good team, but when you when you go get into a series and when you get boggled down and when a team is only focused on you and you're not playing Detroit's, you're playing now Milwaukee's, I just don't think Chicago got it. Memphis. Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. I think... Uh, 
I think Memphis is one of those teams where they don't have a lot of big names outside of, of course, uh, John Morant. But they have a lot of good pieces. Like, Steven Adams is a great pickup or a great find for them. Kyle Anderson has been good. Desmond Bain, in my opinion, of course he's not going to win it. But he has been good enough to at least be in consideration for uh, most improved player. Dylan Brooks has been hurt, but he's on this team. Brandon Brandon Clark has been great. Uh, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been great. Tyus Jones has been good. Um, I think that this team plays really rugged. Now, again, that's that's what most Memphis teams do. But most Memphis teams are not used to having a John Moran that can fly out the gym. Uh, I, and right now, this team is 41-20. and 20. I do think that – I will say this. I think that the way to beat Memphis is to, to get into a shootout. Now, Memphis wants to slow the game down, allow John Moran to cook, get to the rim, get to the uh, free throw line. And they only average what? Well, they average more points. They average 114 a game. Um, But I just think that the way to beat Memphis is to get into a shootout because they don't want to do that. They want to slow the game down. They want to be more rugged. while you have people, like I said, John Morant and Desmond Bain that can, can scorch you, you want to do that. So when you when you play some of the high-octane high teams, you have a chance to win. However, their defense has been great. They're coached good. It's great. So I just think – I think Memphis does – they can win a championship the way that they play. I think it is dependent, of course. Even though I think they're like 12-1 and one without John Morant, I do think that – they cannot I I am sure they cannot win a championship without John Moran. And it really depends on, you know, if John Moran is healthy or not. So uh I do think that they're they're good enough to win a championship because I think that when you get into a series, if you get into a series with a Phoenix or with a Golden State, you can really boggle them down defensively. And you're bigger now, I think, you know, with James Wiseman coming back, we can see, but you're bigger than both teams. <laughs> You're, 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 you can put size. If you play a Golden State, you can put size. You can put Stephen Adams down there, uh, and and really mop up the 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 rebounds. If you're playing a Phoenix, you can put a a, a Desmond Bain on uh, Chris Paul. You can put if he comes back when he comes back from injury. You can put a Dylan Brooks on a on a Chris uh, Devin Booker. So put a bigger guard on them. So I do think that Memphis is good enough to win a championship. And then Cleveland. Cleveland is an interesting team. It's an interesting team because I did not, especially, I didn't even think with Karis LeVert, not Karis LeVert, with uh, Zach, what's it, with um, Colin Sexton, they'd be that good. But after losing Colin Sexton, I had no, 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 I had no, <laughs> No thought that they would win a championship. However, that Jared Allen, who was a first-time All-Star, has been great. Darius Garland, who's a first-time All-Star, has been great. They get Karis LeVert in a trade. He's been good. Uh, Laurie Marketing has been good. Kevin Love has been good. Evan Mobley more than likely will win often or win a Rookie of the Year. Isaac Okoro has been great. Rondo has been a good uh, mentor for everyone. So. 
This is a good team. Cleveland's a good team, but no. <laughs> Cleveland, in my opinion, is not good enough to win a championship. And the, kind of the same way, same reason I um kind of the same for the same reasons as uh Chicago. When they play some of these top teams, man, it's like they lose games that they're not supposed to lose, and then they lose games that they're supposed to lose, if that makes sense. So they don't have they're not as consistent as they should be. I mean, you lose to a Charlotte, you lose to a Lakers team, you lose to Phoenix. You lose to Washington. And then you lose to Boston, Brooklyn, Golden State, Brooklyn, Phoenix. Like they're losing to the teams they're supposed to lose to, but then you turn around and lose to New Orleans. Washington again. And this is Washington without Bradley Bill, by the way. So they're just not they're not as consistent to me now. They're a young team, so I'm not expecting them to be, but they're just not that consistent, man. They're not that consistent. Uh and to me, they're they're too young. It's kind of like it's for for a, a smidget. Like I, I kind of compare Cleveland to Cincinnati Bengals. They're young, so they don't know what they don't know. And while yes, there is Garland, Jared Allen. They they've been great, but I can't see them in a series with. I couldn't see them going toe to toe in a series with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee will mop the floor with them. I think Boston, how they're playing now, will mop the floor with them. Seeing how uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving look come back and what we're hearing, New York might lift the band so Kyrie Irving can play home games. Brooklyn, with Ben Simmons, they might mop the floor with them. So I just don't think Cleveland is good enough to win a championship, in my opinion. I think they're a good team, but not good enough to win a championship. If those are really the only teams we're going to talk about, I mean, there's no, to me... The only top team we talked about was Chicago, and we looked at, you know, they don't really fare well too much get the top teams, but there's no point in me talking about uh, Miami. Of course they can win championship. Philly, you have James Harden now and uh, Joel Embiid. Milwaukee has, they just won the championship. Um, I don't need to talk about Phoenix, who is, <laughs> they are six games, six and a half games ahead of the next person, uh, the next team, Golden State. I don't need it. So, yeah, man, the NBA, we're in the second half of the season, so pretty much these games, you're going to see a lot more effort. Of course, with Golden State, you know, what's going to happen with James Wiseman? Hopefully we see uh, Draymond Green come back soon, um, figure out what's going to happen with Michael Porter Jr., and because we're cl- close to the playoffs, Jamal Murray might be coming back for Denver. So, you know what, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But lastly, before we go, a big, a big, a big story, I guess, uh, happened with Grambling State. So Grambling State hires former Baylor head coach, Baylor football team head coach, Art Bryles. Now, for people that don't know who Art Bryles is, again, he was the former head coach of the Baylor Baylor football team. The reason why he is not the head coach of the Baylor football team anymore is because that football team had multiple, and I mean multiple, sexual assault allegations from players. 
And it turns out that Art Browse knew about almost all, if not all of these sexual assault allegations and did nothing. Like, nothing. Um, so because of that, like, he had to go. So, so Grambling State hires him as, like, an assistant coach. Which, by the way, for people that don't know, also, Grambling State is an HBCU. I think uh, Doug Williams, who is the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl for the Washington Redskins at the time, uh, they he was he went to Grambling State, I believe. And has come out and said that he doesn't support the, you know, the hiring. I will say this, man. You got to read the room. This is, do I think that Art Browse is a possible good coach? Probably. But you got to read the room. That's one of the biggest reasons why um, when Urban Meyer hired the, the dude that had a racist background, there was so much uproar. Bro, you're... <laughs> You're hiring Art Browse one to be an assistant coach for HBCU, so he's going to be surrounded by African Americans, and it's hard enough to connect when you're not a part of said race. And I'm not saying that Caucasians cannot coach black schools. I'm not saying that, but there's always there's already a, a disparity, a huge disparity between African American coaches and. PWI schools. There's a huge disparity. Hell, there, we, we've been talking about this for weeks now. There's a huge disparity between African-American coaches in the NFL. So the, the, the assistant coach that Grambling State hires is Art Bryles? The same head coach that, uh, that allowed, <laughs> that was aware of several sexual assault allegations and did nothing? It's not a good look, bro. It's not a good look. I don't think I, there's so many. Now I'm not saying that you know. I'm not saying that they're they're like people like uh, Todd Bowles or or uh, Eric Bieniemy are, are trying to go to Grambling State. No offense, but there's so many other candidates that you could have chose, bro. And you choose Art Bryles. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not questioning his coaching acumen. I mean, Baylor was a good team when he was a coach. I am questioning his character. And that that gets to, that just goes to show, man. And it's not just it's not just you know top Power Five conference. It's not just PWIs. People do not like white. Imagine if Lovey Smith, I, I hate to throw his name in it, but, or let me say this. Imagine if Jalen Hunter, the the former head coach of, I don't know, let's say Arkansas. the for, I, If I was the former head coach of Arkansas, and there were multiple, upon multiple sexual allegations that hit my doorstep, my players were... The players that were under my regime were accused of sexual assault. Multiple players 
in multiple different occasions. And I did absolutely nothing until like an investigation came out. And they found out that I knew about it and did nothing. Do you think I will have another coaching job, whether it's head coach, assistant coach, towel boy? Do you think I would have another head coaching job, whether it's HBCU or not? Yet and still, Art Bryles, bro. It's just a bad, the optics are horrible. Horrible. Especially in today's climate, bro. The optics are horrible, man. This was not a good hiring, in my opinion. I completely forgot about Art Browse. Now, do I think people are should be forgiven? Yeah. I think people, there is a room for people to be forgiven. But being forgiven and being having another opportunity to do something is completely different. I can forgive you. Doesn't mean I have to let you back into my life. Why? <laughs> Out of all the head coaches, too, man. Art Bryles? I know he has a relationship with the coach, I guess. But, like, Art Bryles? The optics are horrible, man. <laughs> that, I don't... I don't know. That's just... It, it's bad. It's bad. But there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening or watching. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeve, sweater, uh, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. So pick what you want. Select. Check out. Bada bing, bada boom. In about a week or two, it's to you. So go get your merch today. Also... Please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. If you can, please comment. Please, you know, leave a like, share if you can. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. I'm trying to get more people to come and and watch or or listen to them. Popular podcast. And the only way that we can do that is is you guys' help with again sharing and and commenting or rating. If you're on a DSP, definitely mean a lot to me. Uh, and again, man, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. How do you guys feel about the MLB lockout? How do you guys feel about where Aaron Rodgers to go? What do you feel about your favorite team in the NBA? Do you think that they're NBA championship worthy or not? And what about Art Browse, man? How do you guys feel? I, I, I'm trying to, you know, I want to get more engaged with you guys in the comments. So how do you feel about Grambling State and HBCU hiring Art Browse, who has a history of your players having multiple sexual sexual assault allegations on them and you doing nothing. How do you feel about Grambling State and HBCU hiring him as an assistant coach? Let me know. Uh, and until next time, much love. Not nice for the meters. Feeling sorry for my mama now. Survivors get really get old. Whole gang in the end zone. Not nice for the meters. Heaven's gate when I get home. Colored palace looking pantone. About to turn into a phantom. Cameras off, get the flipping lights. She ain't happy with the other guy. Had an argument the other night. I ain't even get to apologize. While I'm in the meetings looking disguised. I'ma show face till I get tired. Don't care about the this size. Looking at you through a fish eye. I'm never nice in the meetings. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm tired. We here, we can't deny that we here. We here. Woo. And so, need time for my Nita. man. That song, that's a piece oh. to my man. Huh. And so, that's a piece for the tan. Uh. But I thought everything.
everything that we planned. Huncho, I did it big. You did it, kid. You did it, kid. Like a nigga got potty train. Hourglass, how a body came. Chop him down with the water name. Know what I'm saying? I'm telling you. Pushing Pete, Bill Bellamy. Drown with a felony. See the jealousy? The struggle made me a better me. Why you talking? Is you paying me? Let me get me coat of candy. If I fuck her, she gon' have a baby on the plan A and the plan B. Quarter million to the nannies. I'm the head of the family. My mama had to cry for this. My gang had to slide for this. Pistol P had to die for this. Doing time through the wild for this. Fresh out the bricks to a brick. We stepping outside with this shit outside. Hannah Montana with grits. That honey bun gon' make them blitz. I'm up, I'm rich. Look at my bitch, she fine and rich. Steady the game and I find a glitch. Hustler, I got a mind like Mitch. He not popping, he kinda lit. He not whether he kinda rich. Ain't trippin', just sign it. Mill will split. If it's 50 mil, we'll split. If it's two and one, they'll split. Three split a G6. Deep platinum plaques ain't nothing. I stand up and take a. I stand up and take a. This a hundred thousand on the wrist. Get the money, never politic. Flow sees a lot of the Knicks. Young with the birds, cow pits. In the Yadium, Sadie Benz. Put them play with him. He got friends. He know me go them. Knock off limbs. Yeah, we did a kid to the M's. Ryan presidential with the rims. Helping Yay find Kim. And the black double M Benz. No new friends. No boo with my twins. Remember we kid that done. I'ma cut it and let us in. Born to win, I committed sin with a see through lens. I filled up all my pockets. Now you get a pocket to pick. Thank God I'm alive and rich. No lie, I survived the trench. Pay my ties, living marvelous. That's the reason I don't talk of this. Hand bit it like a carpenter did it. Shoot them bullets.